Hello, and welcome to Elder Health Connection, a podcast where I gather innovators in elder health care to discuss their unique perspectives on caregiving and care receiving. My name is Caroline Morris, and I use my combined experience in biochemistry, physical therapy, health coaching, and growing up next door to my grandparents to dig deep into the complexities of aging and then draw out practical solutions that can fit into your life. I record this show from my home in Alexandria, Virginia, sometimes with the input from my dogs, Benny and Barry. Thank you for joining us today. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of Elder Health Connection with Caroline Morris. Today we continue our series on what is aging and we are talking about the nervous system today. So this is part three of our series. If you want to go back and listen to parts one and two, you can check out episode 32 where we talk about aging bones and joints and episode 33, where we talk about aging muscles. But today is all about the nervous system. And as a refresher, the nervous system is composed of our brain, our spinal cord, and our nerves that run through our body. And we talk about the nervous system quite a bit on this podcast related to aging. So our focus today will be really at the basic cellular level and at the end of the episode and in the show notes, I'll have references for you for all the other podcasts we've already done on other parts of the nervous system and how they play out in aging. So we'll do a few we'll do a few definitions first in our nervous system inside the brain the main cells we're focused on today are called neurons and inside these neurons are organelles called mitochondria and mitochondria exist in all of our animal cells and they are the powerhouse of the cell and you're going to hear mitochondria come up a lot through our series on aging because they do have a big role. The other terms we can familiarize ourselves with are synapse so that's the connection between one neuron and another. And then the last main term is called long-term potentiation. And this is the stimulation of the synapse. So that connection between one nerve and another, and it's the response in the receiving nerve cell to stimulation that occurs with repeated stimulation and is thought to be related to learning and long-term memory. So it's this long-lasting response in one nerve cell in response to stimulation that drives learning and long-term memory. This also ties into neuroplasticity, which we've talked about before on the podcast, which is the brain's way of adapting and learning. Now, learning in the nervous system isn't just 
memory. It's not just learning information. It can also be what we call motor learning, which is what I focus on a lot as a physical therapist. So learning and relearning how to do certain movements with your body is another component of learning here. So what happens with all of this learning and these components of the nervous system as we age? So one of the things that's commonly observed is that as we get older, it is harder to get to a state of this long-term potentiation. And then it's also harder to maintain it once we're there. So what happens is that in order to get into that state of learning, the stimulus needs to be more intense and more frequent than it was when we were younger. So to even induce learning in the first place, the training has to be much more intense than before. And then once it occurs, that effect tends to fall off too. And so the benefit of that potentiation is a little bit more short-lived than it is in our younger counterparts. So why does this happen? There are many cellular processes that can lead to this age-related change in long-term potentiation. And one of them is mitochondrial dysfunction. So the powerhouses of our cells aren't working so well, not powering that enduring signal for learning. And what has been found in the research is that when people do have these age-related mitochondrial dysfunction, it is associated frequently with memory deficits and neurodegeneration diseases like Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease. So that should start to make sense that as the brain has less energy producing capabilities. It can't sustain these high energy learning processes. And then if it's deficient enough, we start to go in the opposite direction of losing memory and losing the ability for the nervous system to learn and adapt like we see in Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease. So what underlies these changes in mitochondria as we age? It can be a lot of things. <laughs> and as with a lot of topics in aging, it can be hard to determine what is the root cause and what is a response to a root cause. So here's what we know as of now. We do have changes to our DNA as we age, little mutations start to occur, and those can impact the function of the mitochondria. These mutations in the DNA can occur both in our typical DNA found in the cell nucleus and our mitochondria actually have their own DNA and mutations can occur there as well. There's another component of aging where we have increased inflammation, usually caused by something called reactive oxygen species or oxidative stress. And this is a term that's come up somewhat frequently throughout the podcast as 
the mechanism for premature aging or declining health at a at low levels and chronic in nature. Now, what's unclear is if this inflammation from reactive oxygen species is causing the DNA mutations that cause the mitochondrial damage, or if it's the DNA mutations that are increasing the levels of reactive oxygen species causing the inflammation. So it's unclear here what, what is cause and effect. So to summarize what we've talked about in this brief episode on the aging nervous system at really the most basic levels, we have decreases in energy in the neurons themselves, specifically from the mitochondria not functioning appropriately, which leads to the need for higher levels of stimulation in order to induce learning, and then a decrease in the learning response in the brain where it doesn't last as long, so it makes it harder to learn. And here learning, we have memory, but it also includes motor learning and other types of ways that our nervous system adapts to our environment and our demands. And this is thought to be caused by mutations in our DNA as we age, which is common, and the presence of inflammation. And what we don't know is whether the inflammation is causing the DNA mutations or vice versa or both, but that's the best theory currently as to why these changes are happening. And if the changes are severe enough, it can lead to what we call our neurodegenerative disorders, like Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease. Now, what I like about focusing on just the basic cellular level is we can start to get to more of a root cause about what is happening with these declines with age and how we can intervene with them. So like I've been doing in the other episodes, I'll give you my perspective as a PT and a health coach, and then point you to some additional resources. So as a physical therapist, we do induce usually motor learning, when working with our patients and use the intense training programs to induce the changes we need. So that's something physical therapists are trained to do to get the best response for motor learning. Now, speech pathologists are trained to get these responses for cognitive learning and speech and swallow as well. And we've interviewed some speech pathologists on the podcast in the past. And you can go back and look at episode 22, which is more specific to communication with Abby Simon and episode one, where we talk about memory and communication across the lifespan with Alicia White. Occupational therapists also use these strategies for learning really across all of the daily tasks that we need to encounter and with some information related more specifically to dementia, you can check out episode two with Anne Stankowitz. 
from a health coaching perspective, we look at the root cause again and work on reducing inflammation so that we can optimize function of those mitochondria to improve the overall health of the brain. We can also help with encouraging the person to integrate strategies that both support reduced inflammation in the brain and trigger that learning response to its highest potential. If you'd like to learn more about the root causes and how to fully address brain health, I would encourage you to check out episode 28, Integrative Brain Health with Dr. Andrew Wong. He does a wonderful job of explaining all the different components we can look at to optimize the health of the brain and how we can even start to reverse some of these degenerative diseases. And a few other episodes you may like are exercise for your heart and brain with Laura Meshes. So that's specifically to the role of exercise on brain health and improving neuroplasticity or that learning response. That's episode 16 and episode six, Parkinson's practicalities with Nicole Reynolds, more specific to Parkinson's disease. So again, the episodes you may be interested in, episode one, memory and communication, episode two, dignity and dementia care, episode six, Parkinson's practicalities, episode 16, exercise for your heart and brain, episode 22, communication and care partners, and episode 28, integrative brain health. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm sure this will not be the last time we talk about brain health and the nervous system on this podcast. If you would like to learn more about working with me as a physical therapist or a health coach, please do check out carolinemorris.com and I'd be happy to talk with you further. Thank you and take care. This podcast is provided for informational purposes only and does not create a provider-patient relationship between us. If you have questions about your health, please speak to a qualified health professional. If you would like to learn more about working with me as your qualified health professional, please visit carolinemorris.com. Did you know that gratitude is good for your health? If you found value in this episode, please share it with a friend and leave a rating or review. To keep the connection going, subscribe to Elder Health Connection on your favorite podcast player to get immediate access to upcoming episodes. Thank you for listening. With love and gratitude, Caroline.